Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. And that's Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Labelled Podcast with me and Lucy. Luce, how have you been? I'm alright, thanks Alice, how are you? Yeah, I'm not so bad. I'm very glad to see you, because yeah. I've had a very week. Oh, so it's all... We're getting there now, though. So normality, normality is slowly returning to life, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you got used normality. to just being in your PJs all the time. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Not, don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm all right. How, how have you been? All right. Yeah. Um, We've not done a podcast record for a long time. I we? just noticed that before we came on that we haven't recorded for nearly a month. We've had, a, we've, had a, we've had a little bit of time off, we're but now we're back. Constantly bothering each other and talking to each other and bothering Adam, um, <laughs> but uh, but I haven't actually done any sensible recording. No, no. Um, but, but we're back. We we're are. Back. We are back. I'm sure you guys are really pleased. <laughs> we are back today with Jasmine Leslie, who's here to talk to us a little bit about. Uh, her life with arthritis and the uh, one of the campaigns that she's working on with the Versus Arthritis organisation. So Jasmine, do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, yeah, I'm Jasmine. I'm 17 and I was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis when I was seven. So I've had the condition for quite a while now. So I know I've gone through everything with it. It's a, a big part of me. Yeah. And I'm studying my A-levels at the moment. I'm doing maths, physics and biology, which is quite stressful, actually. But yeah, it's all good. Wow. Feeling good. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I can't imagine now is I when I defend my A-levels, it feels like a million, million years ago because I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it was stressful enough just that trying to I imagine do that with COVID and then also you know with a a condition like arthritis that must be must be just all the things at once yeah it really is um with my GCSEs as well I actually did the exams which it was really stressful time for we for me which made my arthritis completely flare during the time which just makes Mm. it a whole another level of difficult than what it should already be so then now with it being with COVID as well, then at least I've I've done it before mm. um, with my GCSEs, but it has it's a completely different situation again. Trying to get used to doing even more exams at the moment, trying to get the teacher assessed grades and everything. It's just yeah. it's 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 a stressful situation at the moment, but it'll be over soon, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jasmine, does do does um does things like stress and what kind of things affect your arthritis and make it worse? What things is there anything really that eases your symptoms with the arthritis? Yeah, so I've definitely found that 
stress has really impacted my arthritis. Whenever I'm in a stressful situation like my exams or revision, then my arthritis flares, which then obviously makes me more stressed because I'm having to go mm. to hospital and missing school. And then it's just everything at once. And it's kind of a vicious cycle when it comes to stress and my arthritis. Um, also things like the weather and um, like anything exercise sometimes triggers it, sometimes helps it. It's really, that's the thing with arthritis that people don't seem to understand is that one minute, it's completely fine with something that you're doing. And then the next minute it flares and everything's really bad. And it's so unpredictable. Mm. I think people don't realize that the condition fluctuates so much than yeah. like as it does. Um, one, one week I can be completely fine. I do. Um, I actually do performing. So I um, perform on stage. I do the school shows performing in shows like Greece um, and like Little Shop of Horrors and stuff. But then the week after it's really impacted my arthritis yeah. and yeah. It, it people don't see that because I've been performing one week and dancing and singing and looking really happy because that's what I want to do then the next week I'm really I'm really struggling with it because I've gone through all of that for my own enjoyment mm. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like I suppose do you know that you're going to sort of you're going to pay for it almost when when yeah. you're on stage you think I know I'm going to pay for this next week but I'm going to do it anyway I definitely mm. I go into the week of like performance upping my pain medication and like just to get through it because I'm not going yeah. to let it stop me from doing what I want to do obviously and I, I want to perform on stage that's what I really enjoy doing so I'm not going to say that I can't do it just because I know that I'm going to suffer the next week mm. and then that's when people think that you're just faking it you're just doing the things that you want to do and then acting like acting like it's really bad when the thing like the next week like you're really suffering with with it and it's it's not like that it's you do suffer from it yeah I think it's probably quite an alien concept for a lot of people who don't have pain or those kinds of issues my eye condition I get um I have migraines and they're very much brought on by sort of stress and overwork. So I will work myself, you know, I've had a really rough few weeks with my day job, I've been working a lot of overtime and I've pushed through for about three weeks and then uh, I got my period and it was just like, my body went, nope, this is too much. Can't do any more of this. And I just had to sit on the sofa for a week because I just, you know, I couldn't focus my eyes, my brain, fog was really bad and it was you know I think my husband's wonderful and very caring and understanding but I don't think he really appreciates the difference between trying to focus on responding to work emails and things like that and mm. sitting on the sofa drinking tea and watching Midsummer Murders it's it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I have cerebral palsy so um my I am I am I haven't got arthritis, but I am in some sort of level of pain all the time. Never goes yeah. away. I wake up with it. Yeah. I go to bed yeah. with it. It's there all the time. And there have been times where I have said to Alice, we can't record, but we can't record a podcast, for instance, late on in the evening because I am in, I've been in my chair all day. And by six o'clock, my, my body's going, no, you, no, <laughs> no more. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I completely understand like, that. Yeah. 
no, 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 we're not doing this. And there are times where I do things and I think this is, I'm going to pay for this in the morning, but I am not going to sit at home all day on my own, no, not seeing my friends, not going to enjoy myself because, you know, I'm still relatively, note the word relatively, young. <laughs> um, you know, exactly, so. yeah. I feel like going out with my friends and even going to school, then it distracts me a little bit from, yeah. I feel like if I just stayed in bed because I'm in pain every day, then it would just make me think about it more and it would make it worse. Exactly. Um, obviously, you sometimes you do need... Yeah, sometimes you do need that break, but most of the time I prefer getting out and being out and being distracted from from my pain, which I think is why lockdown was really difficult because mm. it was just sat at home thinking about my pain all the day, it, it, all day, and it's it was awful. I couldn't find anything to distract myself from it. And I suppose mm. the stress of the pandemic as well. I know I was my mm. I, my muscles were stiffer than usual and. Mm. I was just like, I can't, the, the, the stress and the worry and not sleeping because we're in the middle of a pandemic and if anybody breathed on me, I, there was a potential <laughs> I could end up in hospital. That was enough to make me go, I, I, can't, I can't sleep, I can't, you know. Yeah, so, and it was the know. shock, the shock of the change of routine as well, mm-hmm. suddenly not going out and then coming home and it, it was such a change of routine that it really impacted the way that I felt and then going back to school again was then another shock kind of going from yeah. sitting at home all day to then suddenly intense day working hours it was it was really difficult that week yeah yeah so um, can you describe jasmine how it felt for you being diagnosed with something like arthritis at such an early age because you said you were seven yeah i was seven when, yeah when you were diagnosed with the arthritis what i mean were you young were you old enough to understand what arthritis was or did the realization of I've got arthritis and this is what is considered to be an old person's problem not it's not necessarily yeah, you know yeah. automatically think arthritis is affects young people do you so was it a, was it a kind of a realization when you got to sort of a teenage sort of year where you thought okay I can kind of this is a bit of a shock yeah so I don't particularly remember like being told about my diagnosis I would say I just I don't know whether I've just blocked it from my memory or or if I was so young that I just didn't really understand I know my mum was definitely she didn't know that young people got arthritis and as Mm. most people don't so she was definitely quite shocked by it I don't remember me personally being like knowing what arthritis was in particular um I remember like reading a book at school or something and it mentioned an old person having arthritis and I was a bit confused this was when I was in secondary school so a little bit older than that and I was a bit confused at oh I thought that was what I had you know I was Mm. I it I think it took me a while to get to understand it fully um and now that I'm older then I, I I try and do my research and try and try and like spread awareness of it to everyone because I know a lot of people don't understand that people young people can get arthritis and also the fact that it's an invisible condition I look physically normal most of the time normal (laughs) um and yeah it's people don't look at me and think that I'm disabled when actually that's that's what I am (laughs) Mm. yeah it's it's interesting I my 
knowledge and experience of arthritis is generally amongst kind of the elderly population the only difference is that I know my my nan had rheumatoid arthritis from the age of about 20 she was quite young yeah and you know I I know that 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 kind of just appeared for her um and I know how much it impacted my mum's life you know from a very very young age how how did you kind of come to or how did your parents come to getting you um sort of taking you through an analysis or assessment analysis makes you sound like you're some kind of <laughs> science project experiment it does yeah. feel like you're an experiment sometimes <laughs> <but> yeah <laughs> um yeah I think it was it was really intense to start with um it was picked up because I used to do ballet dancing and I think it was just my ballet teacher said oh Jasmine your knee looks really big is it normally like that <laughs> yeah. and I I looked at it and I was like oh I guess it is so I went I just went to the doctors they did some blood tests sent me to the hospital I think they just drained it and then sent me away and then it swelled up again so I went back and my diagnosis was quite quick actually I know a lot of people's it takes a long time particularly as health professionals it's not even that known in in the medical sector um so health professionals kind of don't look at a young child and think oh that's arthritis I think it's it is becoming more um of on the radar now. Yeah, yeah now but before then it wasn't then yeah there were so many hospital visits and I it's just it was so intense and it still has been now going trial and error on different medications throughout my whole childhood basically um and it's really uh, some of the medications that I've been on have really affected even me now. I still worry about them. I used to have to have um, injections once a week. My mum used to do them. They didn't even have the the pen type ones then. Oh, yeah. It was a syringe. So my mum oh. would be injecting me when I was eight, nine, ten years old every week. And it would make me feel horrible for two days. And I just... I got to the point where I couldn't be on it anymore. And mm-hmm. the medication was the color yellow. I still, I get like migraines and feel horrible from the color yellow. Yeah. Same with like anyone touching my thighs or anything. I get really paranoid about it and talking about it. I get this horrible like taste in my mouth mm-hmm. that I used to get after it. My mum always used to like use the same hand cream and stuff before she did it. And I can't be near that, yeah. that, that smell <laughs> now either. And it's just, it's really traumatized you. It, yeah, and <laughs> it's crazy because it's not obviously. I know a lot of people go through a lot more, but even just injections once a week like that, and it really affects people with arthritis. And I think people don't understand um, what that's like because um, I know a lot of other young people with arthritis that have the same side effects from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now they've developed loads of new. Um, drug technologies but they still start on that same um, medication for young people which isn't needed when we have biologics now mm. and it's yeah I think it's the awareness in health professionals as well as the public but health professionals as well need to understand about children and arthritis to make it better for us I always think it must be very difficult for people who've got hidden disabilities to decide right who who do I tell that I've got yeah. hidden condition yeah so you know you either go one way you tell everybody just like just so you know 
yeah. public Always service announcement. I've got arthritis. Can we just acknowledge <laughs> that now and get it out of the way? Or do you, do you, you know, that it's making that decision of doing that or just not saying anything unless you, you, you feel the need to go, okay, actually, yeah. I need to tell you now I've got arthritis. So when you say the words, I have arthritis, what is people's reaction? You know, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. How do they get, do they sort of say, no, you haven't, you haven't got arthritis. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely when I was younger, I don't remember specifically, but I remember there was either a lot of, oh, that's what my nan has or, mm. oh, what, or, or just what's that? Like, well, obviously when I was younger, people just didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, I always, I always used to avoid using the term arthritis I think because I had there's so much stigma around it being mm -hmm. an old person's condition that me it's kind of like a trigger word for people saying arthritis my nan's got that you should try taking turmeric you know and you're like yeah. <laughs> if, if that was a solution then yes. <laughs> we'd all be fine you know and Barrett just like can I have any drip please <laughs> yeah um so yeah I I used to just say like um I've got bad knees or if anyone asked I'd kind of brush it off like it wasn't a big deal because I've never wanted to have like a sit-down conversation with somebody as it being like a major thing about me because I I don't want that to be the defining thing about me the first thing that someone knows mm. about me mm. I've always wanted it to kind of be like a a side thing and not not really a big deal even though it is a huge thing in my life and yeah, it's definitely made me the person I am it's I don't want that, that line, to be isn't more it? yeah I don't want people to think of me and think arthritis mm. you know I I want to be something more than just my arthritis first of all do you use the term arthritis now now you're a bit older or do you yeah. tend not to I mean now I've obviously gone through secondary school switched friendship groups I'm not entirely sure who knows anymore I kind of and I'm, I'm not worried about it at all I don't know whether my whole sixth form knows about it or if only the few people that I occasionally mention it to um know about it but um I definitely I try and do like awareness um within my sixth form like trying to do a, an assembly or um people like donating towards a charity that's supporting people with arthritis mm. so in that scenario I would use the word arthritis but I feel yeah. like even still now I do use the word if I'm if I'm talking to my friends but I always feel a bit hesitant still saying like with my like uh, arthritis like I don't really want to say it because yeah not that it's a bad thing it's just it feels like a bigger deal if I say that there's a lot around words and those kind of labels that I think people who don't have to live with them don't really understand yeah um, you know it 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 has taken me a very long time to come to terms with just using the phrase blind to describe myself and yeah every time anybody else uses it to describe me even lucy i still go tense absolutely everywhere like sorry it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not you it's just that for me, that word has become associated with professionals and uh, hospitals and yeah. people 
a sim similarly kind of older people and, yeah. and that oh, kind of yeah. not being not being able and things like that and yeah so yeah well alice your condition as well am i right in saying that it's more prevalent in older people your uh, condition it's, or did I, have I got that wrong no it's it's a mix <laughs> there are so you tend to find there are people who are kind of diagnosed in childhood. So I was six. I think I know somebody who was nine. Most people are sort of, you know, before they hit puberty. Or you get all the way through to like 45, 50. And suddenly you're like, I can't drive anymore because my sight's deteriorated. Right. Um, so it is sort of both ends of the spectrum. It's like um, a seesaw, really. Yeah. Because um, I yeah. mean, for me, my... This, my this, I mean, I know you can't see it now because you, you can only see my head and my shoulders, but when I'm out and about, it's very, very stark staringly obvious that I am in a wheelchair and there is no getting away from the fact that I am disabled. My hands look disabled. My face occasionally will look disabled. It just sort of decides to have this attack of itself where it just, the muscles go, and I'm like, what is that face? Um, but it's, so I can't get away from the fact that I am disabled. So I learned from a very early age, well, I'm different from everybody else. I've got to try and own this and style it out. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't walk, but my hair looks great, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Not at the moment because of COVID. But um, yeah, usually my hair's like nice. And um, so I try my best to to use distraction techniques of, yeah, I'm in a wheelchair, but look how good my hair is or do you like my last top or look at my lipstick that kind of thing i think yes yeah. um i think it's it's probably i mean particularly uh i am sure i've said this on the show before but you could not pay me to be 16 17 again there is not no. enough money in the whole world uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so to and going through that with a hidden disability when you're already when you're doing the school thing and then you're also doing the hormone thing and you're also doing the, yeah. who am I, where am I going with my life? You know, <laughs> it's that it's, it's a lot to kind of work out those different elements of your identity anyway, to then throw pain and immobility and yeah. at it must, it's, it's a lot to kind of juggle. Um, yeah. And I think it must be really tough you know because at least with my eye condition 99 percent of the time it's it's kind of just as it is you know with my friends and stuff at school if i couldn't see something one day i still couldn't see it the next day yeah. um whereas you know it must be quite tough for you with kind of managing your your friends understanding and your social groups understanding of because sometimes you don't have pain sometimes you don't have inflammation so yeah I think definitely um, it's taken me a while to come to terms with the um, the term disabled for myself. Um, but now I realise that it's the only thing that makes people understand how mm. much it affects me as mm. like as a condition. Um, but even so, people still don't like to associate or use that word with, with me, like disabled, mm -hmm. which is what I now identify with most so to that like if I'm on public transport even with my friends then people can't see that I'm disabled so mm. then it's such a difficult thing to try and explain constantly to strangers and to friends that yes it 
it I am disabled and I it does really affect me and I think especially with it being such a fluctuating condition then yeah one day I can be running and playing sport and I used to be um I used to really love playing sport and I still do now even though I don't do it as much I used to I used to swim for county I used to play netball I pretty much tried every single sport ever because I'd start ballet for instance I think start with and then I wouldn't be able to do that anymore and then I did gymnastics and then I wouldn't be able to do that and then I did swimming and then eventually I've just had to stop because it's been so difficult with my condition going in and out of hospital and being really bad and then being absolutely fine again and I think people don't can't can't come to terms with that mm-hmm. um I think uh like I said earlier about public transport then I'd get on a bus with my disabled transport pass because I can't walk very long distances so that I've been provided with a hmm. a council uh public transport pass and yeah like a bus pass thing yeah a bus pass yeah. basically and uh, like every bus driver would just be looking at me like I think one shouted at me like oh what is that like you're you're just stealing someone else's or oh, thinking it's like and it's just I'm I, like, I just once because... had a bus driver literally say to me I thought you had to be old to have one of those what a dog I was gonna say since when do you have to be old to have a dog <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's, it's just it people people just can't see it I might be walking normally that day, but then the next day I won't be able to walk. You know, it's it's just people can't see it and then people just think you're faking it. The thing that always makes me laugh is when I pull up, when I'm when I'm sat in the car, I don't sit in my chair, in my, I don't sit in my wheelchair in the car. Yeah. So I sit in the front seat with my mum. My mum pulls into the, the car parking space. And when I am, when you see me sat in the car, I don't look disabled because I'm sat in a regular seat. And we pull up in the disabled parking space. And they're like, look in. I just say, she's, she's not disabled. She's because I open the door. And, and then I'm like, if I notice that somebody is proper gawping, and by gawping, I mean like mouth open, not yeah. blinking, staring. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, I realise that m- not many people would know what gawping is. Um, but <laughs> I will say to mum, just get that chair out of the back of the car really, really slowly, really slowly. Give them something to stare at. And I'm like, like lift me up very slowly, kind of thing. Um, but, but, and then they have to kind of like look like, oh, yeah, I wasn't staring. I wasn't, I wasn't staring at all kind of thing. It's that kind of just don't judge people. It's, I can't. It just drives me mad. Yeah, and I I completely understand that as well because obviously I don't even then get out of the car and then they no. use a wheelchair. I just yeah. get out of the car and start yeah. walking, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um. So often I feel like uh, it's bad, but I feel like when I'm I'm feeling good on a day, but I still mm. need to use the disabled parking space or use my disabled bus pass because I can't go really long distances. Then I feel like I almost have to kind of fake like yeah hobbling, like make just it. so people <laughs> just so people can like see yeah because people don't people can't um understand it in their minds no without no. being able to see you like yeah. see you being disabled typically disabled it's just yeah. 
Yeah. Humans are very simple, <laughs> very yeah. simple beings, aren't they? And you're just like, yes, it's all right. We come in different, you know, packages and things. But it's 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 that you just think, just try a bit of empathy because you don't know. It's like people always say, don't they, about people with mental health conditions? You know, always yeah. be kind because you never know what's going on behind closed doors. It's the same sort of thing. You don't know why that person has a has a disabled person's bus pass. You don't exactly. know why that person needs a blue badge i think i have been guilty in the past of going well why have they got why, why do they need about and it's only through doing things like this and, and with my work you kind of realize actually there's a hot disability it's not just a wheelchair and a walking stick it's, exactly yeah and that's why we need to raise awareness of the fact that anyone can have a disability and we shouldn't be it shouldn't just be a, a seen thing it needs to be something that's understood in society for us all to feel more accepted even though mm. it's it is a big thing that accepting and making everything accessible then it still feels like it's not quite there yet if you make things accessible for disabled people you make them accessible for everybody that's the thing yeah I, I always take away I think if when I become prime minister if I ever <laughs> Queen, queen of the world, one of the two. I am banning this stairs. Is the first, I've heard of this. <laughs> I am banning stairs and gravel. First off, they're gone. Like, day, <laughs> day after the election, I'm getting rid of every staircase in Britain. No, oh, but like, gravel's much more environmentally friendly than tar. Yeah, but I can't move. So can we yeah. can we come up with some kind of middle ground where there's like a gravel like edging to help with drainage yeah all right then maybe, oh my maybe God. yeah because she's being a tyrant again <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no oh yeah but i don't know why why have we gone off on this tangent i don't know alice do you want to have another, <laughs> another question um so you said that you do a lot of performance um, and I got very excited when you said Little Shop of Horrors. Um, tell, yeah. tell us about your performance and some of the roles and stuff that you've played. Yeah, so um, I haven't um, this year because of COVID, but um, I used to do the school shows. Um, they used to do them every year. Um, and I just, from the moment that I joined secondary school and even in primary school, obviously there's the nativity and things like that mm. that you do but then I got to secondary school and I just I've done speech and drama competitions outside of school but in school they do shows like we've done Annie, Billy Elliot, um, Little Shop of Horrors, Grease um, and yeah so I was I was Frenchy in Grease. Yeah with all the pink wig and everything. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I've just um, absolutely loved it and I'm I'm sad that it hasn't been this year because of COVID and I probably hope to continue doing some sort of performing as a as a hobby um at university as well but um yeah I also used to do uh, speech and drama so I've done I'm quite into public speaking I've done um speeches on raising awareness about uh education for girls in third world countries and also just acting like acting as a queen or as a, anything like that you know I just I really enjoy it yeah I used to do drama clubs and stuff. fantastic great one of the things I always think is really interesting when we have people on the show is 
um, you know, we've had a um, a singer songwriter who's got autism. So, you know, her her ability to kind of communicate and um, interact and interpret the world is different from most people's. And she kind of funnels that into her music. And then, you know, somebody who's who's got a a condition that can be really physically debilitating uh, has got like the performance bug. I always think those things are really interesting that, you know, we sometimes are drawn to the things that are the least expected um, and yeah. are almost oh. the sort of both the opposite and the epitome of um, the, the conditions and sort of yeah. personalities that we have. Definitely. And I'm, I'm not going to let something like sport or performance that I want to do stop me no. from no. Um, doing it my condition and so. I definitely think it's like a, a final act of defiance isn't it really of, mm. you know <laughs> you can you can you can you can make things extremely difficult for me in other ways but you're not taking this away from me I think that is has something to do with it I really do yeah so one of the things that we um we've been talking about with the team over at versus arthritis is uh partly related to that kind of performance and it's the that representation of um people with arthritis and kind of chronic illness and chronic pain uh on tv and in film and in the things that we see just in the media um and i know that you've been quite involved in that campaign jasmine do you want to talk to us a little bit about kind of what versus arthritis are trying to to achieve yeah definitely so versus arthritis are a charity they um try, are trying to dispel myths about the condition for both old people and for young people like me um they're trying to raise awareness um really and help support people as well with the condition and one of their campaigns, um, The Painful Truth, um, it's about the representation of um, chronic pain on TV. And it's something that mm -hmm. I really uh, resonated with because I realised with them um, talking about this campaign that actually I've never seen a young person like myself with a chronic condition in any film or any um, TV show that I've seen. And it really, I think it really impacts the way that people then see chronic pain, often the way that pain is um, portrayed in films or on a TV show is a really um, deliberating condition that it's everything about that character's life. It's what the film or what the TV show is about is their um, disability, yeah. um, which isn't something that I want for me at all. I want it to just be something that I have but I'm my own person away from that um so especially with young people um with chronic conditions then again none of them are hidden disabilities none of them are um something that's only kind of a side part of their life it's definitely always physically seen whether the pain is like a gunshot wound or whether they're in a hospital bed um, it's always the main topic for that character. Yeah. Um, the only time that it maybe isn't the main topic, for instance, with arthritis, the um, the like the defining feature of the character is when it might be an older grandma that's like a side character with arthritis, and that's that's kind of seen as 
maybe normal having a grandma mm. that might have arthritis in a film but it's never a young person and that's really it really impacts then the way that people see pain um yeah. in other people and it yeah do you think that have if you'd have had the representation of somebody who who suffers with pain and arthritis but it doesn't it's not their be all and end all like it's not their whole story do you think if you had more representation like that with you for you growing up do you think that would have helped you maybe understand it and come to terms with it a little bit more maybe uh, yeah absolutely I think well firstly it would help me explain it to other people I mm. think there's a lot of misconceptions with it um, and it makes it a lot harder to explain the condition to other people and also the fact that because it's not shown to anybody else either in um, films or tv then it makes them not know how to respond to somebody who's tell it talking to them about their condition they haven't seen anything in a in a film that's um someone responding in the correct way to somebody that's mm. talking to them about their disability yeah so they then often I've gotten the wrong reactions kind of jokes made or um like the older people have arthritis and everything like that and people don't ever like I've always had people saying like oh it'll get better you'll be better soon don't worry like mm. it's all going to be fine and I'm like no like I have this condition for my life it's not you a know? cold is it it's yeah, not it's, a cold it's not like <laughs> arrives for a week and then goes again like. exactly yeah and obviously those people are just trying to be trying to be nice saying oh you'll you'll get better soon don't worry but I won't you know it's with me forever and although they're trying to be um positive and helpful positive and supportive yeah then they haven't seen the correct things to say to somebody in TV and film. And I think that industry really needs to, to change that, to raise awareness in society. Mm. I think that, you know, the media bears a lot of responsibility for what it puts out there. I think that there's not enough kind of pressure put on media and media productions to, to show diversity in general. I mean, we still... And I'm not saying this is not an issue and not an experience that should be shared, but we still see a lot of TV programs and films where it's a person of colour or a you know LGBTQ plus person, and the story is all about their experience of that element of their life. And I yeah. appreciate that you know there there are stories there that need to be told, and there are stories in the disabled community about those that need to be told but there are also stories which happen to have a central character who is a person of color or is an lgbtq plus person or is disabled and exactly also has you know xyz going on in their lives yeah exactly yeah i think it's a lot of forced diversity that then they're trying to make the whole thing about that huge experience in their life when mm. Yes, it is. I'm not saying it's a, it is a huge impact on my life, my disability, but it's not all that I am. And I want other people to see that. Yeah. Although it's, like, it's a bit yeah. I always use the analogy, Jasmine, it's a bit like if we went to a dinner party with you, you would not spend your whole evening just talking about arthritis. 
it would probably your arthritis would probably be a little a little bit of the conversation that lasted five minutes tops wouldn't it really wouldn't you because you don't want nobody wants to have that one friend that goes oh yeah they're in a wheelchair and that's all they talk about exactly (laughs) that's what I try and avoid completely is yeah talking about my condition all the time it's not something that I want I want at all I I quite often with when I haven't seen friends or somebody for a while particularly um particularly women who are sort of older sort of 15 years or so older than me I quite often you know it's it's oh it's so nice to see you I haven't seen you for ages how are you and then it's how's your eyes and I'm like I get it I get it like I understand what you're trying to accomplish here have but... your eyes got and any better a lot of the time a lot of the time the intention is positive it's to yeah, try yeah. And support you but it's just people don't realize the way that they phrase things really does affect you yeah I, I just I always <laughs> that, Alice that's really made me laugh I was like somebody going how's your legs to me <laughs> still crap <laughs> still, still not working can I, can I sit down and order my coffee before we get into this <laughs> that's so funny I mean it's not funny but it is hey, you, people, you, people yeah. are odd they're odd um, <laughs> yeah it's um yeah I always say like just because I, I'm in a wheelchair, but that is not like I, when you co- when you come around my house for something to eat, or we're in the pub. The fact that I am in a wheelchair will probably not be mentioned. If hard, you know, if if it's hardly mentioned, you'll be lucky, kind of thing. Because, it's, but it's but it's boring for me to talk about disability all the time. You know, yeah. I work. You know, I work in the disability sector. So I do that a lot of the time for work. Uh, I don't want to be talking about it outside of work because I live with it. I work with it. I don't, I've, I've had enough, I'm like, I'm full of it now. <laughs> Can we stop exactly. it? Exactly. Is, is the record? you giving up on the podcast then? No. All we do I, I, is... <laughs> yeah, no, it's, this is fine. This is my <laughs> limit now though. This is my <laughs> limit. I've had enough now. <laughs> and that's, that's just why I think, um, TV and film need to need to show people with chronic conditions leading a no- normal life, whatever that normal. is. You know, yeah. <laughs> I hate the word normal, but <laughs> just um, because often it is everything about them. They don't. They might, if it's a young person, they might not go to school. That mm. it's not. It's always physically seen, and often it's like, oh, they might die. It's so like dramatized <laughs> yeah. to make yeah. it a story, but it doesn't. It doesn't need to be. It, it can just be. A, it needs to be shown in a film in a way that it's not everything yeah. about them. I think yeah. it's it's the story doesn't have to be that person's, you know, illness or disability. The story can be that person's marriage, but they happen to be disabled or something. And like the that. story as well doesn't have to be a struggle. Because yes, I have yeah. struggle. I have struggles in my life. But my life is not a struggle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it needs to show that I'm a lot more than just my condition. Exactly. And I think that's, yeah. I touched on this when I guested on another podcast. And uh, on that, I pitched Bridesmaids with uh, everybody has a sensory um, impairment. That's what I want to see. The film Bridesmaids. But yeah. everybody's got a different uh, 
sensory or communicative difference or impairment. So you can absolutely have all the jokes about the deaf person and the blind person not being able to communicate because that's that that would be funny, but it would be it would be funny in the way that the rest of bridesmaids is funny because it would just be shocking and the you know uncomfortable and yeah that's what I want to see yeah I want to see a film about bridesmaids getting drunk and having terrible love lives and they happen to be disabled yes okay well where when I do in fact find somebody (laughs) and I didn't get married (laughs) you can become my bridesmaid and you could just document the whole thing on a home video camera cool sounds good Sounds brilliant. <laughs> I like I like that we're doing it nineties style with a home video camera and yeah. not just my smartphone, but okay. <laughs> Whatever. Alright. You can take the media student out of the media studies, but you can't take the media studies out of the media student. Uh, um now I think it's really interesting and I also get I I've said this before in previous shows, um, that I don't think have been out yet, so this is brand new information. Um I find it very disheartening because I am well, I was a media student I've had experience working in broadcasting and when I just slowly started to realize actually the media aren't very favorable to people with disabilities it broke my little heart because I was like that's not fair I love television <laughs> um yeah. and it is you just think to yourself yeah come on it's like 2021 now can yeah. we have a fresh perspective it, it just needs to be represented more realistically. Yes. Um, because it's either completely dramatised or not at all. And especially with arthritis, like I said, it's such a fluctuating condition that you can easily have a character that has arthritis, but is going out and going on adventures and doing whatever else. Because, and also representing the fact that pain is really... It's really difficult to live with. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think it's a huge role for them that they need to step up to. Yeah. On the odd occasion where I get a few days where I have no pain at all and I think, what, hang on, what's going on here? What's <laughs> happening here? I realise, actually, I managed to do quite a lot considering, you know, my hands play open. I've got aches and pains everywhere. And I, I can still manage to function. I think I'm really proud of myself. That I can yeah. still manage to have a, I am still contributing to society, and I, it does. I've not given in to it. I can't do it. It's hurting. Do you get that sense of pride, or yeah, is it just a definitely main... to definitely to see what um, I can do as well as being in and out of hospital all the time? I had two years being basically trial and error on different medications. I'd be on a medication, for instance, infusions for um, like every other week and then um, I'd be doing that for six months and then they'd say sorry it's not working need to try a different one and this was during my the years that it's it's really like when you're a teenager I feel like years go so quickly you're developing so much in such a short space of time that from Mm. the age of 14 to 16 when I was really ill that's a huge like chunk of what feels like a huge chunk of your life Mm. even though it's only two years you've like changed so much in that time and I feel like I've really I really missed out on like that that time because I was just 
trial and error and yeah it's really difficult but it is a sense of achievement to look back and go actually yeah. despite all of that yeah that's crap yeah i've had to put up with you know definitely not wanting, call, not wanting to call myself an inspiration but i'm kind of a big deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like everyone else has um done their gcses and done all this sort of same things as i have during those school years but i've done it as well as mm. all of the other things that i've had to deal with and i think it's yeah it's definitely um made me a, a better person more determined and but everything that i do i put uh, like 10 times more effort into it effort because in. of the condition um so everything that i do then really matters to me i feel mm-hmm. like i do one um like a few hours of revision and that's drained all of my energy for for that day you know because yeah. um i think people don't realize with um juvenile arthritis it is an autoimmune condition so it's not your joints rubbing together like osteoarthritis which is what old people get rheumatoid arthritis it's your immune system attacking yourself mm. um which really it if, although it affects my joints it affects my whole body, my mood, um, like my fatigue is really bad. Um, so everything that you do, so much effort is put into it that then you feel proud once you've done yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I completely understand that. And I, can, I completely get what you're saying. I understand it completely. Yeah. I think disabled people and people with chronic illnesses and things like that are marvels, really. They are fantastic. And I think as well, you know, when it comes to being employees, we're extremely loyal. We work very hard because we understand that, you know, it's important to, you know, we want to do a good job. But Not we, everything we comes un- easily. Exactly. And, you know, just because something isn't easy doesn't mean we're going to give up and go, I can't do this, boss. Well, you know, um, yeah, definitely. We, will, we, we are very good problem solvers um, because you know we have to think of things logistically how can we make things easier for me as a as a employee to go and just function in my job anyway and then when somebody says we've got a bit of a problem because susan and accounts again susan's back um susan and accounts as you know cock something up um we classic susan classic susan we are great problem solvers because it's like nothing really phases us really we get stressed um and we'll get a bit fraught and a bit frazzled, but we don't, it's not, you know, the problems are solvable. That's the thing that I think disabled people are very good at pointing yeah. out. That this We're a is lot a more determined issue. than, yeah, a lot more determined than everyone else because of what we've had to go through as well as dealing with life at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jasmine, what are your kind of hopes and plans for yourself for the future? You said you're... you're just in the process of going through your A-levels is university on the cards? Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing my A-levels, um, maths, physics and biology at the moment. And I hope to go to university in September if if COVID and everything comes down <laughs> a bit. Um, um, hopefully to study physics. Oh, um, wow. I think I'm quite interested in medical physics at the moment because of um, my condition. Then I think it's really made me realise more about patients and I feel like I can I'd like to go into research or helping improve the quality of life for patients with disabilities and Mm. I think yeah I'm not entirely certain yet on a specific 
job title, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just something something that will help patients because I understand more what they're going through. So, so the medical medical physics and a bit of musical theatre. <laughs> yeah, I probably is a side thing I quite like. <laughs> not, not the two at the same time. <laughs> no, that's really great. Well, I I um I wish you all the best with your studies and everything. Um, what what is the your prognosis for your arthritis? Have they said that it will get worse with age, or you know, is there things to be mindful of as you get older, or um, do we? Is it just a case a case of you know, we'll keep an eye on you and if something yeah, materialises. I think, I think no one really knows with, <laughs> because the immune system is such a complicated thing that yeah. no one really entirely understands yet. Um, I think when I was younger, they said that I'd grow out of it. And then it's obviously I'm nearly 18 now and it's still um, quite bad. I think I just, I'm going to be going through flares I think sometimes it will be fine and manageable and then other times I will be really bad but I'm not sure no one really knows about the future with children with arthritis because it's so it's not a very well-known area yet um I'm on a clinical trial at the moment um for a drug being to be licensed in um children so um I'll probably be on that clinical trial for five more years or something Um, right but um, that's after all of my trial and error on all of those different drugs <laughs> for a couple of years. Then they said, okay, we'll just put you on this clinical trial. And it has, it's definitely made me better. I'm still not 100%. I still have joint pain every day. Um, yeah. And I go through flares of really bad days. But I think overall, then I'm a lot better than I was last year. Well, hopefully, if you get a career with the research for arthritis, you will be part of the change, won't you? So hopefully. Yeah, I, I do really like um, volunteering with Versa Arthritis and other charities mm. as well, just trying to raise awareness and improve um, like young people's care and involvement in their own uh, treatments. I think yeah. that's, it's a really important thing. Jasmine, where can... Um our listeners go to find information about versus arthritis and perhaps get involved and find out a bit more information about what they do and their aims they're on all social media so facebook instagram all of that they have um that they're sharing you know regular tips for people with arthritis but also Mm. um videos and things to to inform yourself about the condition and particularly with us this campaign then they're sharing tips for the media and anyone in the TV and film industry that um, could then use to help represent pain in film and TV more um, yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a website, which, um, yeah, again, all of the articles will be shared on there. Um, they often do videos. They do everything, really. Little videos, they do um, articles, anything. So, yeah. Yeah, we can put all the details of that in your show guide, which will be on our website alongside the transcription of this episode. So if anybody's looking for more information about versus arthritis, you can pop along to there and find out some more information. Um, and their big on, campaign, uh, the campaign that we're kind of piggybacking off of uh, for this <laughs> week's episode is the Painful Truth, hashtag Painful Truth 
um, campaign. So give that hashtag a follow, share it around um, and help, you know, raise awareness and promote the the campaign guys because I think it's something that a lot of you out there especially people with chronic illness and chronic pain I think it's something that's going to be important to you so yeah definitely we really wanted to cover this subject because we you know we know about arthritis in old people but not many people understand it and are aware of it in in the younger generation so it's something that's really important to us because this is what this podcast is all about highlighting people's you know um disabilities and chronic illness and the fact that just a label of arthritis just because you think it is an old person's mm. uh, problem it, it's, it's not so yes yeah. it was right up our street really so uh <laughs> no thank you so much for your time today jasmine that's all right um just another point although it yeah. is versus arthritis then um anyone with a disability um and in or anyone in chronic pain at all then this campaign is really relevant to you because yeah. although it is the, the charity is versus arthritis then I think anyone in chronic pain and with a disability needs to be represented more in film and tv so yeah absolutely absolutely, absolutely. thank you so much for your time Jasmine that's all right I hope it's been a nice experience <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been lovely chatting to you thank you great stuff all right. all right thanks Jasmine bye 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 Thanks for listening to The Labelled Podcast. If you like the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You can follow us on social media at Labelled Podcast. Our thanks go to our editor, Adam Hall, our music composer, Maisie Crunden, and our graphic designer, Sarah Cody. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.